There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to Circadian Sky. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week you'll know on screen as D.I. Nixon in the Bill, on stage as Celia in the Canada Girls Tour and as a presenter on Loose Women. Away from the media, she's been a campaigner for Centrepoint for the past 20 years, where she's done many sleepouts on the streets to raise money to help people who are homeless. She's taken to the stage on the 28th of November at the Lyric Theatre alongside Bonnie Langford and Misha Paris to celebrate the life of Judy Garland, who would have been celebrating her 100th birthday this year and to raise even more money for Centrepoint. I'm delighted to welcome to Sir my dear friend, Lisa Maxwell. Hello, Lise. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very, very good. I'm really enjoying catching up with you, actually. It's been a little while. So, I know. Um, and yeah. every time we catch up, we have such a good gossip. You're a good gossip, aren't you? Uh, we do We do like a good old natter, don't we? And we do like to put the world to rights. But, um, you know, I mean, we... Yeah, we are naughty. We We are very naughty. We are very naughty. But there's only an extent to your naughtiness because you are D.I. Nixon in the bill. And why I'm really glad to have you on now is that if anyone watches on the drama channel at 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock each day, we're almost, we're about a couple of months away coming up to when you joined that show. And what an iconic show it was. Oh, oh, how funny. I didn't know that. I didn't know where it was on Drama Channel. I knew I knew that, um, that all of the episodes were being repeated, but I, I just never know what it's up to. How exciting. Oh, my goodness. It was a great show, wasn't it, Johnny? And, uh, and I think there's still a lot of affection for it. People often come up to me and say, oh, why did they take it off? Doesn't make any sense. And I think, you know, I think they've got a point, really. And there's nothing to replace it today that's the thing i think you know that there's obviously you've got in line of duty and you know which is obviously the same sort of procedural cop drama and absolutely brilliant but there was something about the bill you know mr plod bobby's on the beat that kind of you know the met walking the streets it wasn't like high drama all the time it was just about the met and the way that they ran so many things have happened with the police since the bill came off the air it's a shame that they weren't able to dramatise, you know, the whole of the terrorism that we went through and um, and all the negativity around the police now with, with the, for various reasons. I mean, too many to go into, unfortunately. But I think it would still make for really interesting telly. So, I, yeah, I'm up for them bringing it back. I'm probably too old to be in it now, unless I was... Actually, I don't know if I am. I, I don't know how old you have to be to be a, you know, a commander or, you know, a superintendent or something like that. Because I think Sam Nixon would definitely 
have gone up to the top of the tree. I don't think she would have been demoted or anything. She was far too ambitious, I think, for that. Yeah, but she could have been a consultant like Adam O'Caro was when he left. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she could. Well, when she left, she went into um, CEOPS, Child Protection Unit, because she felt that she wanted to do something more worthy and less self-serving. So that was her, her leaving story was that she decided not to leave the Met, but to go across to CEOPS. She was still a police officer. So where that would have taken her, I don't know. And um, also your daughter on the show, Abby, it was that whole grooming storyline that she had with... With the actor Hugh Wallace, I think was the actor, wasn't oh, it? Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, I can no, picture Hugh, him. Hugh was a character. Yes, maybe. I can't remember. He was, yeah, yeah. He was, um, he was a... Uh, psychologist as well wasn't he a forensic psychologist as well had a a, a degree in in criminology that's it um, yes yeah and it's all he, coming he, now. yeah i know he kidnapped her didn't he and and i think she was missing story-wise i think for about nine months or something which you know it always made me laugh actually so my own daughter my character's daughter goes missing and she's supposed to be a really, really good police officer, you know, with a real insight into criminal behaviour. And she couldn't find her own daughter for nine months. And then when she did find her, she was in a container around the corner from Sun Hill. The magic of the show, especially in the Paul Marquez era, was how soapy it got. You know, I loved it. I know there's a lot of backlash for it, but I loved how soap-like it got. You know, obviously we had you and Phil Hunter and... It, yeah. it just uh, it was just nice I mean, to have a weekly show like that. I think what Paul did was really clever in that he made the stories carry over from episode to episode so that people became more invested in it and, and he gave them a reason to come back and watch each week. I mean, some of them were quite out there, though, Johnny, weren't they? What, I mean, like Gabriel being uh, June Ackland's daughter's son? And then having a, a, a relationship as well, like a love affair type thing, was a bit, <laughs> bit far-fetched. But... Yeah, but I have to say, credit to Todd Carty, he managed to actually, you know, walk that fine line between, you know, it being too over the top and too, you know, and and believable. He he made it credible. So we got away with it, I think, but purely because Todd was so good. I think that's when I came into it with the Paul Marcus era. And, you know, that's when it, I mean, it won the NTA around that time as well and won lots of different other awards and things and so it was a good time to be a part of the show. It was really, you know, exciting and some lovely mates I've made from that show. And we still, when we did the Zoom, you know, remember I did that Zoom reunion? How could I forget? Me and my dad were in heaven watching that. If those that don't know, you had about, well, it must have been about 30 actors from all the eras, the 80s, the 90s, the noughties, the 10s, all together for one more time to celebrate the bill. And you did a couple of scenes together and just celebrated what an amazing program was. And you brought back not just the ones that are the predictables you had everyone you had such a range it was so good oh thanks Donnie. what well, i mean it was basically really easy i just i put um i got in contact with everybody and said look i'm thinking of doing this money fun this fundraising thing for some money for centerpoint because obviously during the pandemic like a lot of charities they weren't getting any any support so um would you be interested and literally Straight away, like everybody, message after message after message, coming back saying, yeah, count me in, that's great, I'd love to help. Um, and it was one of the easiest things that I've, I've ever done. And I loved it too. And I think all the other cast members felt the same way because afterwards we were all saying how amazing it was that we all still have such love for the show and we all feel so honoured to have been part of something that was so special to people. And now we've got this WhatsApp group where we're all on there and we heard, and I not, don't think I can divulge this, but we heard that one of the Bill characters got married two days ago to his actress wife. 
or the actress girlfriend. Yeah, ha- uh, Hannah Waterman was the actress, yeah, in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, that in the, was that in the paper or something? It was, in, it was somewhere. I think it was OK, okay. online or someone did. Oh, that. all right, darling. Yeah, they just posted a picture on there and the reactions from everyone is, oh, we love you. You know, you've made our day. It's so lovely to see you. And there's a lovely picture of them by Sydney Harbour Bridge. And so we were all really in touch and up to date with what everyone's doing and our kids and all that, you know. So it's a very... It's a special show, not only to the audience, but to everyone that had a part in it as well, I think. Well, you've done the Zoom reunion. The next step is to take it on tour. You know, I think a lot of these shows now, like Only Fools and Horses, it breathes a new life on stage. Obviously, you've been on stage and the kind of guys. Can we not see yeah. the bill go on stage? Because surely you can go back to being D.I. Nixon on stage as you were. Same as your old friend Sherry Hewson did Benidorm on stage. You can still play those characters. It just isn't on TV of that TV audience. Do you know, it's, it has been talked about in the past. I, I'm, I've got to be honest. I'm not sure in what sort of form it would take. You know, I don't think you could do the Bill the musical or anything like that. But I think, you know, I definitely think there's an appetite, let's say, between all of us to get together and do something because we, we'd all love to work together again. So... Myself, Mark and Trudy were talking about doing something and we wrote a script, the three of us. We've got it, we've still got the script, but we didn't actually get it across the line in the end for one reason or another. I'm not sure why. It was, you know, these things are quite difficult to get off the ground. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea and I'm sure most people would be up for doing it. I hope yeah. so. And also, it was nice as well. A show like The Bill, it had a lot of actors who'd been seen on screen already. You know, a lot of actors who had been in EastEnders or Hollyoaks or Cornish Street then came across to people like Gary Lucy and Julian Telforth, etc. So it was nice yeah. to see them live a new life. But also, we know that a lot of people started out there. Paul O'Grady had been in The Bill before he went onwards. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Scott Maslin, your old mate, then... Yeah, weirdly yeah. did that weird thing that he left the bill and the next week he was in EastEnders and I remember him getting out the car in that first episode I think about 2007 and I thought it's Phil Hunter he's, uh, he's going to arrest someone and then it's, oh no sorry it's Jack Branning uh, what What? It I need to get used to this it was close wasn't it it was very very close I remember um, and, and we and, and I don't think most people knew that, that he was going to pop up in EastEnders so it was a bit of a surprise like to us as well but yeah I think he's been there years now hasn't he Scott, Scotty he's done oh, I think it's about 2007 so what's that 15 years Jeez, 15 years oh my god wow Gosh, that's and it's such hard work that show. I mean, fifteen years of that's got to. Well, because you did. What did you do? Like a couple of weeks? Because you were in it with uh, Wixie a couple of years ago <laughs> as the girlfriend, <laughs> weren't you? Yeah, I did exactly. I lasted a couple of weeks. <laughs> Scott I lasted fifteen years. You lasted a couple yeah, of weeks. <laughs> exactly. I did enjoy it. It was a sort of a um, a one-off episode where where they were bringing back Michael French's character David Wicks, and it was a, it was a, a just a, a four-hander was Michael French, Lindsay Corson, me and Nitin, Nitin Ganatra. And and it was lovely. We actually got to rehearse, which you don't get to do on shows like that. Normally you get you turn up on the set, you do a bit of a line run and then you're you're off and, and you're shooting it. But we got to rehearse scenes and talk about, you know, what we were going to do with them. And it, we literally sort of kept apart while we did it. We had a nice little studio out the way and uh, it was a really lovely experience. And, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I love, love Michael French. And Lindsay, obviously brilliant, and Nitin. But I just, I think that David Wick's character had so much charisma and charm. And I think, you know, I sort of in the back of my mind, I had this sort of dream that maybe he'd stay there because he didn't stay there very long after he joined. Everyone was saying to us when we were doing it, oh, you and you and Wixy, David Wicks are going to end up running the, the pub and all the rest of it. Because I, I had come back with him from Spain. He'd been living in Spain. And I was a bit of a gangster's mole and I'd left my gangster boyfriend to be with him. 
to be with Wick, uh, David Wicks. Uh, and my gangster boyfriend came after us. I ended up going back with a gangster boyfriend. But I sort of hoped that I might just one day come back. I love working with Michael French. He's just, he's such a brilliant actor. Yeah, and it was a real, real treat. Yeah, so I lasted a couple of weeks. And they've never had, they've never asked me back. Well, I live next to the set. So I always thought, do you know what? She's going to come back and we're going to go for dinner. And that never happened either. Oh, so, darling. you know. But also Let's talking about else. talking about your role, uh, it was interesting because obviously your old friend, the the, the late uh, Linda Bellingham, played a gangster mob wife in the Bill. Funnily enough, years yeah. and years ago, yeah. and then obviously yeah. where she was in at home with the Brave it's completely different roles. And it's that thing, same as the two of you together can play and be so versatile on stage, on screen. There's something about you that that your your group of people, the loose women, you're just amazing actresses altogether. Oh, Johnny, that's really nice of you. Um, I th- well, you know, um, I think being a loose woman isn't sort of a job, really. It's kind of a byproduct of doing something else. You know, it always it always was. You know, it was always. So, you know, Jane McDonald is a singer, and now a BAFTA award-winning incredible awesome all-round beautiful woman presenter on on channel five travel show like linda wonderful actress i mean just when she played i think she played irene radford in the bill and you know she so she on the one hand you'll see her as the oxo mum and then you'll see her as irene radford and completely believable in, in in both roles and one of life's just kind of bon viveurs, you know, people, is that what they say in French, when you, someone who just loves life and lived it to the full. And that was Linda. She was great fun, very honest, very kind. And I still miss her to this day. Before we worked together on Loose Women, we, we were introduced to each other by a mutual friend and we spent a day at the races. We went to Newmarket races and we got all dressed up and we got very, very drunk and we went back to her flat and she cooked everybody's spaghetti and we were all dancing around to Frank Sinatra in her kitchen. And it was just, she just, whenever you spent time with Linda, it was always memorable and always so much fun. And I, the memories are really, really precious. Lots of very talented people have been on. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And Denise Welsh, wonderful actress. Carol McGiffin, I think Carol will be the first to say that actually she's not any good at anything. <laughs> <laughs> but she's really good at being Carol. Um, and people love her. And quite right too. She's, I mean, I love her. She's very honest, a genuine mate. And is just, she probably is one of the most honest out of, of all of the Loose Women panellists over the years I think that's the point you know as you say a lot of the loose women are really really good at lots of other things because becoming a loose woman was usually because you were good at something else and you ended up just being quite good at chatting as well but you had to give away more of yourself you couldn't be the Isam Nixon anymore and hide behind a character you had to be Lisa Maxwell waltz and all how did you find that gear change to actually having to give more of you out yeah well i didn't know what to do when put when um when uh we were uh, after i left the bill and they asked me if i'd like to go on and, and be a panelist on loose women i didn't i didn't actually know what, how i was like yeah okay what do i how do you pick up what do you do though you know how do you prepare and things like that so i had a meeting with the exec producer and carl newton and uh he was lovely he's he always championed me and been really kind and i went to meet him and i said he said well i think you'd be really great and i was like do you? And he said, yeah, and no, I think you'd be fabulous. And I said, well, do you want me to read something now? Just to, you know, what can I do? To? And he said, you don't have to read anything. And I said, well, how do you know that I'm going to be able to do it? And he's like, well, I just know. I just thought I should audition or do something to prove that I would be able to, I don't know. Anyway, I went on and everyone was really supportive and really nice. It was absolutely bricking it, to be honest, because it was a live show, which, you know, in itself is, is a really, really hard thing to kind of get your head around. And then sort of, you know, seven and a, whatever it was, years later, I was still there doing it and it became second nature. And to your point about not, you know, self-editing and keeping a bit back, you start off really protective of your family and your privacy um, and then you become quite relaxed and you start to let little things slip out that you wouldn't, you know, you just because you think you're talking to your mate. And then you'll see it written down somewhere in a newspaper or someone will come up to you when you're doing the school run because Bo was quite little for a lot of the time I was on it. That's my daughter. They'd say, oh, God, you know, is that true what you said about your husband or your mum? And you'd go, oh, God, no, no, I've got to ring everybody and just make sure they're all okay with it. And there was the odd occasion where you shouldn't be speaking for other people. And so, you know, it's not ideal some people, we're very private, you know, we don't, you know, we didn't even get married in a magazine and we didn't, um, and, and you know, my my daughter isn't sort of in the limelight and things like that and we, we're very private. So you do have to take a view because when you go on there, you do give quite a lot of yourself and everybody else away and you have to try and box clever, otherwise it can come back and bite you in the bottom. Loose Women is a very different beast to what it was when you were there. When you were there, like you said, with Linda and with Jane McDonald, it was and Sherry as well, it was lots of innuendos. It was very silly. It was very much you playing up to the audience and it was fun. It was fun. Whereas now it's very newsworthy. It's now how do we get in the Daily Mail. It's now a lot about campaigning, about different things. 
and it's it's just very very different now to what it was it's not all about being friends now it's now about being a female presenter and being part of a group to talk about those issues rather than it being oh look it's the loose ladies and we're off to new york together for a dvd special yeah no that new york trip was so much fun oh my god great dvd uh, it really did have a laugh and it was outrageous. You know, I think there's a place for both elements, really. I think it's a balance, isn't it? I think I was quite serious and quite honest and, and I'm quite normal. You know what I mean? I, I live quite a normal life and, and I enjoyed talking about things that mattered to me and even if, if they were serious or if they were funny. But we did do a lot of sketches and we did goof around a lot and, and I enjoyed that part too because oh, I used to do all the sketch shows years ago. So that is in me. Yeah, I think it can it can really make a difference, though, that show. I think it's important to know the power of that show and when it's on, because a lot of people used to come up to me and say, thank you for helping me through my maternity leave. I was a new mum and I didn't know what I was doing and I had you know a bit of postnatal depression and I'd sit there feeling quite isolated and I'd put on loose women and I felt like I had some company. And you know that, and you made me laugh, and and it and it really helped me get through that time. So it does have a it does have a power, and I think it's important to use that, which I think they do more now. So yeah, I don't mind that it's serious, but I think a bit of both is probably ideal. With regards to going back, I don't have a strong feeling either way, to be honest. When I left the show, I left because I wanted to go back into acting, and I and I've been told by various people that it's quite difficult to sort of take you seriously because you're sort of a bit too well known as Lisa from Loose Women so to cast you in something it was quite difficult and I thought oh, I don't really want to give up that part of my life so and I'd thought about it for a really long time I was going to go the year before I went and then they asked me to stay they'd done some research you know they do research to find out what the audience thinks and stuff and it was and it was I was flattered by what came back and I thought oh I could stay another year and uh, and so I did and then and then I just thought you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm, I just, if I don't do this now, I could see myself being being a loose woman in a, like another 10 years or whatever. So I decided to take a leap of faith. And I think it came as a bit of a surprise to everybody. I didn't mean it to. When I spoke about it, um, when I issued a press release to say I was leaving, I did that with plenty of notice, but they didn't run the press release in the sun until quite near to the time that I was meant to be going on to the show. So it looked like I'd left the day before, but actually I hadn't. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I had my reasons then and my reasons are different now. Things change. You know, my daughter's grown up, left home, so I don't have to be around so much. And I wouldn't say no. If they yes, are this is what I want. I want you to come back with Jane McDonald and to you and Carol and, you know, Kate Thornton lead. Oh, it'd be so good. I, do you know, when I'm, when I'm bored or I'm a bit upset, I do put on the old Loose Women's on YouTube or TikToks and just type it in. <laughs> loose Women innuendo, Loose Women funny moment because they're so funny. You don't get that now. Um, look, let's quickly talk about you as yeah. actress as well, what you're doing now. Mm. You're taking to the stage on the 28th of November at the Lyric Theatre to celebrate Judy Garland with Bonnie Langford and Misha Paris for Centrepoint. What can we expect on the evening? It's going to be a fantastic evening. Um, lots of really talented people all on one stage. So, as you said, Bonnie Langford, Misha Paris, Jessica Hines, Francis Raphael, you know, the original Eponine in Les Miserables, who won the Tony Award on Broadway, Paul Baker, who won the Olivier Award for Taboo, um, Rosie Jones, brilliant stand-up comedian, Tom Reed Wilson, Johnny Partridge, John Partridge. Everyone will be either reading a piece that's synonymous with Judy Garland and the things that she was passionate about or something about her life or they will be singing a Judy Garland song. 
So it's to commemorate what would have been 100 years since the birth of Judy Garland. And when I played her, I played Judy Garland in a, in a play called End of the Rainbow. And um, I had to learn to sound like her speaking and singing and everything and research everything about her life. And one of the things that struck me was that she was the most inclusive entertainer that I'd, I'd, ever, I'd ever seen, you know, even before we, we used the word inclusive. You know, she was championing the LGBTQ plus community. She was marching for civil rights. She had her own personal struggles with mental health, alcoholism, drug addiction, and she was homeless as well. All of these things are still big issues today and she actually overcame a lot of those things and went on stage and entertained people and opened a vein every night to entertain her audiences who absolutely loved her and she was hailed the, the world's greatest entertainer and yet she had all of these demons and I think by celebrating her birthday we can shine a light on all of those issues that she dealt with because they're really similar issues to what a lot of young people face today and her music is still so relevant. A lot of young people that we spoke to were like, obviously they knew The Wizard of Oz and everyone knows Somewhere Over the Rainbow. But there were other songs that they didn't know were hers. And I think it's going to be a night full of emotion, beautiful music. And what I'm really proud of most of all is that we've got some young people from Centrepoint that will be performing on the stage with us. They're going to get up and sing. And we've got some young people working backstage, so they're getting experience at working in a theatre. There's one person who wants to be a sound engineer who's going to trail the sound engineer for the night. All of this is to support Centrepoint and raise money for their independent living project. So if you buy a ticket for Judy, There's No Place Like Home, at the Lyric in Shaftesbury Avenue on November 28th, you will be helping Centrepoint build and create 300 homes and jobs for young people that are ready to move on with their lives and live independently. Because Centrepoint help young people get back on their feet. But unfortunately, when they do that, they can't afford rent because the rents are so high and there aren't any properties. There's nowhere for them to go. So they put all of this work in and they rehabilitate and they stop drinking and they, they overcome their mental health issues and they deal with anxiety and all of, all of the things that are so kind of prevalent amongst young people nowadays. They do all of those things and they can't find anywhere to live. So centre point of taking the ball by the horns and they're building their own properties. They're fundraising to build these modular homes, 300 they want to build, and they've got already 33 that they've built in Peckham. They're little one-bedroom spaces that can be picked up and moved around, a bit like the old prefabs we used to have years and years and years ago in this country in the sort of 1930s, I think, and around that time. And you can move them to a piece of land. So, for example, if you get a, someone donates like a car park, stood empty, we can put these homes on it. We're raising money to build these amazing modular homes that will, this is the great bit, Johnny, that the young people will get jobs, we're getting them jobs, we're finding them places to work. They pay their own rent with what they earn from their wages and the rent is capped at a third of what they earn. So they will never be kicked out of their home and it gives them a chance to get back on their feet. So for example, there's one girl who's in one of the homes now she left a Centrepoint hostel. She overcame all her demons, and she's got two jobs on the go so she can pay her rent for this for this home, this modular home that Centrepoint had built. She, her dream was to be a midwife, and she has to do a course. She can't afford to do the course because it means that she has to take time out from one of her two jobs, which she has to do so she can pay her rent. So somebody very kindly said they will cover the shortfall 
with one of the jobs, if she leaves one of the jobs, so that she can do the course and become a midwife. And so that's what she's done. She's done that. She's, she's become a qualified midwife. She's now earning enough money with, with one job to pay her rent, live independently and with pride. And then the, the circle is complete. So that's what Centrepoint are doing for people. And their aim is to do that for 300 young people over the next two or three years. Incredible, incredible. Please do go and check that out. As Lisa's just said, you know, it's such an important charity, Centrepoint, and what they're doing is really remarkable and really, if we can give any money, I know the cost of living and everything, it, the country's in tough times, but if you can give anything, please do, and please do go and see Lisa Maxwell on the 28th of November at the Lyric Fieta. You've been listening to Security and Security with me, Johnny. If you love these women, like Lisa was in, and so many amazing people on the podcast in the past, I've had Colleen Nolan, Andrew McLean, Katie Piper, Kate Thornton, and Denise Welsh. Go and check them out. And if you love the bill, let's please make a petition to bring it back. That's what we need on TV. We need a nice drama. We can sit down every week, 52 weeks of the year, and enjoy and indulge and get involved in the relationships and get involved in the police drama and go back to those days where we pretended we were police officers because we knew all the codes, you know, PCSO. CID, CPS, we knew it all because of the bill. It's such a good educational tool. You've been listening to Security and Security me, Johnny. So if you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast. On Spotify, it's five stars. And on iTunes, it's a five-star rating and a review. And they share on Instagram at Security and Security Podcast at Johnny C. Foot is where you can find me. And thank you so much for listening. I'll speak to you at the same time next week on Security and Security. Until then, thank you and goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.